Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is a longtime friend of ours of the program and someone you'll probably recognize because she has a program that's on weekly, every day of the week. Well, I take that back, only five days. Timory Millington, Timory Jaja. Welcome, Timory. And you went not that long ago from Milligan to Jaja. How are you doing these days? I'm doing great. Yeah, the last couple of years have been full from marriage, a new baby now. And yeah, everything's great. It's so good to be back with you from our old stomping grounds in the studio there in Orange County. And as we do with all of our broadcasts, if you would be so kind, would you mind leading us in a brief word of prayer for our listening audience, who I think would also be very appreciative? Of course, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we place ourselves in your presence, and we dedicate this time together to you. Yes, that you be on our minds, on our lips, and our hearts, and on the minds of some hearts of all who think of us and hear us today. Help us this Lent as we journey through a time that has been trying for the nation and for people of faith. We ask you to inspire growth in virtue and help us to chase after our faith in a way that we haven't done before. We consecrate this time to Our Lady, asking intercession of Our Lady of Hope. Pray for us. Amen. 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 the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And once again, I want to welcome you, Timory. Our listening audience probably now recognizes your voice. Uh, if any of them haven't been tuning in during the week, you used to be on a little show called Trending with Timory coming on the weekends. And that was when you were coming all the way up from San Diego to up here in Garden Grove to record your broadcasts. You haven't been doing that for a while. What happened to you? You're not in our studio anymore, Timory. <laughs> well, just about a year ago, I was contacted by Relevant Radio, and they said, hey, we have a new radio program slot open, a daily show, and we'd like you to be our person. Um, we'd like you to try it out, uh, kind of see how you do, do a test run. I know they had had, I think, somewhere like 50-plus applicants for the position. I had, I knew nothing about it. This call was out of the blue. I went, wow. okay, Lord, and we're getting off the phone and saying, you know, I leave it in your hands, and over the next month, starting into COVID, everything slowly <laughs> transpired, and I just, I left it in the hands of St. Joseph. I know we're going to talk about him later, but yes, Lord, if this is what you're calling me to do to serve you, if you're asking me to be with you in this mission, you know, and if it will be a means of growing in my faith, so be it. If not, I ask you just completely close the door. And so leading up to the feast day of St. Joseph, we prayed the novenes of St. Joseph. I think either just before St. Joseph's feast day or on St. Joseph's feast day, uh, we got the call that we were going to be launching Trending Daily on Easter Monday. And it's been such a joy since then. I'm blessed to get to work remotely, not just because of COVID. We broadcast from our home every day. And it's been really neat to be on this and ministry with people who love listening to Catholic radio and want answers. That is so fantastic, and what a what a great, hopeful story. Right out of the blue, Kim, that's fantastic. Now, of course, to, to those of us who've been listening to you for the last couple of years, frankly, I'm not all that surprised that you got a call like that, because your program, of course, has been very popular. I mean, taking all, all humility aside for a moment, it was a very popular program, and it was one that really highlighted uh, the outreach of Catholic faith to the younger generation. I mean, let's one of the audiences that you really spoke to are the millennials and the people that are that are to me are young people, since I'm a, an old guy. And you did it in a way, mm-hmm. and have done it in a way, and continue to do it in a way that is intriguing. It is exciting. It is uh, it is easy to listen to, and yet it's substantive and real and gets to the heart of some very 
touchy subjects in ways that are highly engaging and respectful and magisterial. And that kind of thing is so rare. So I'm not shocked that it happened. I will say this. You left a lot behind in your drawer here. We have a, a whole website that has a lot of your podcasts. So for people who want to hear some of the older trendings with Timberry, we still have them on our website. So thank you very much for leaving those behind. But in the meantime, you've now been on for about a year, and you've had a number of things happen to you in this time Tell me, if looking back over the last year, what's it been like? Is it what you expected? Oh, it's such a good question. You know, I think that it has been incredible to see that there are people who listen to Catholic radio who and Catholic podcasts because Trending's available as a podcast as well every day. And there's so many people who listen who are on so many ends of the Catholic spectrum, not even Catholic spectrum. And one thing that stands out to me is a story. There was a woman who, after we launched the Daily Show for about two months or so, every couple of days would send me a message on Instagram and say, I hate your program. I hate <laughs> what you're talking about. And she, oh. she would send me this message over and over again. And, you know, you could just block someone like that. But I thought, you know, she's no. saying something. She's not harming me. I don't really care. And you'll get stuff like this. I mean, sometimes much worse than that. Um, and so all of a sudden there was this turning point, I think somewhere around June, where I the same woman whose messages I had been opening, you know, as I'm catching up, ends up saying, I hated your program. I couldn't stand it. I hated what Patrick Madrid had to say as well. And she ended up saying, I couldn't stand what you had to say because I had two abortions. Mm. And when you spoke, it was so upsetting for me. And here she is. She says, I'm post-abortive. I want healing. I've been wanting to go to confession because of your show for about a month. Um, but because of COVID, the churches were closed in her area, and so she had no access to confession. Um, she was trying to find a post-abortion healing program, but everything was shut down. And so, you know, through a Twitter campaign saying, hey, what churches in this diocese are open? And by contacting the diocese and looking into women who are involved in the Rachel's Hope and Healing, um, the post-abortive healing process, we were able to hook her up with somewhere to go to confession. Oh, that's within fantastic. Within a couple days. And I was able to find someone who was willing I'm either to do a phone call or who was willing to, you know, meet at a coffee shop outside during COVID so that she could start that healing journey. And this is how incredible it is, Rick. Please pray for this woman and her family. She's got a little boy and she's wow. married and she is a religious listener of trending and Catholic radio. She is going to mass. She's fervent in her That is faith. so fantastic. And she even... She even decided to start homeschooling her kids because she doesn't want them exposed to the transgender curriculum here oh, in California. It has de and denigrated so, so much lately. But continue, oh, please. It's incredible. Yeah. So, I, I am mean, so this thrilled. Is one example. You, and it's just my joy. And I'm I'm glad that you described that story, but you dodged my my question. How has yeah. it felt to you? Is this you were describing when you first started talking about how you received that phone call and they asked you to consider taking on this slot for five days a week and going full time with it and going remote. And it has to have subsumed so much of your life. And this is at a time when we haven't oh, yeah. talked yet about other changes in your life. Small things like, mm -hmm. oh, getting married and having a child and things like that, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to in just a moment. But this was quite a you had a great deal of hesitancy and prayer and even actually Joseph nail the door shut if it's not for me. And yet yeah. you took yeah. it. Did the fear and trembling have have reality for you? I mean, I'm glad it's been wonderfully successful and God has used this as a tool for other people. What's right. it been like for you? Right. I understand what you're saying. I shared that story because it has been just a joy to be on that journey. But on a very personal level, you know, it has, you know, my my day is radio day in and day out. You know, every single day, you know, we're prepping, working toward the show. And every single day is different. And, you know, I before the show, I was teaching Pilates, you know, part-time and working in ministry radio part-time, you know, just volunteering my time between the two. And so this cut between COVID and a daily radio show, it cut the Pilates side of life out. 
um, temporarily, what I thought would be temporarily, and boom, I found out um, actually just two days before we launched, no, three or four days before we launched the show that I was pregnant and expecting a baby. And so I think the great <laughs> challenge was I launched a daily radio show working from home. My husband was working from home during COVID in our very small apartment, and I was experiencing a rocky beginning to pregnancy. They thought I had an ectopic pregnancy. Oh, no. then, um, they thought I could be having a miscarriage. And uh, oh. here I am not, not sharing with anyone really yet that we're pregnant. And I remember in the morning just staring at the wall and having to prepare for the show. And my husband's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I've never seen you like this before. And, you know, we cut exercise out of my life because of no longer teaching Pilates. And the COVID, I mean, it was a lot at once, but it was, I think, an opportunity to grow and face a very different season in a very unique world. And it was definitely challenging at days, but slowly we, I think, began to hit a groove of what that would look like. And, you know, when you practice things and really abandon it to our Lord, that this isn't about me, no matter how good or bad I feel, that this is a ministry that God's called us to. And he's opened the doors that he's going to help provide the time and the energy and the words to help make it happen. And so I think that that gave me the opportunity to say, hey, this show isn't about me. I feel awful leading up to it. And sometimes during um, this is truly a ministry and work of our Lord. Well, it sounds like everything came together by the miraculous intervention of St. Joseph, because uh, I assume that had you known that you were pregnant prior to getting the phone call, you have had other other things in your mind, and and you might have made different decisions. And had you made a different decision, some of the people that have been helped from trending would not be helped. So it sounds like everything came together to help guide you in this. I, I'm so glad that's happened. Trending with Timory now is on five days a week. For people in Southern California, when are they able to hear it? Um, if you're in Southern California, it's a 4 p.m. Pacific time. That's 7 p.m. Eastern. And so it's your drive time. We're with you if you're not working remotely on the road. Otherwise, we're with you on the podcast every night. Okay. So the trending with Timory, and then when you're, when you're dealing with this, you're dealing with issues that a lot of programs shun. And in fact, they'll put off to the side. Uh, you've engaged, uh, Full on, full bore. Anybody who's heard you know that you're not shy about topics that are important to talk about, but nevertheless, people often don't want to talk about. When we come back, Timory, I want to engage a little bit more about what your show is all about, what your ministry has been like. Uh, this has been a tremendously tumultuous year for most people. I mean, all the jokes about 2020 and all. But it sounds like this was an eventful year for you in ways that have resulted in a ministry that very well sounds like it's it's really rocking relevant radio and and the Catholic radio world. Tim Marie, I want to thank you for being with us. Hang tight, and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about what your your show actually sounds like. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Timory Jaja, who is the host for Trending with Timory, which started right here in our studios in Garden Grove, California, and now is broadcast nationwide on Relevant Radio. When we come back, we'll be talking with Timory a little bit more about her show, so we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Timory Jaja, who is the host of Trending with Timory, and we are so graced to have her back with us. She is not in studio because, like everyone else out there, she is sheltering from the COVID virus, partly because she's a young mom, but also because she has always made the trek from San Diego to come all the way up to Orange County to do this show back in the day when she just did it one day a week. Now she does it five days a week. A couple of questions about that. I'm I'm sure it is so much easier to not have to make that commute, but you have to prep a show every day, five days a week. How has that gone for you? <laughs> well, you mentioned not having to make the drive. I just have to say, 
I'm an introvert, but I didn't realize how much I actually needed people until you put me home 24-7 working <laughs> remotely. <laughs> I'm like, I actually miss people. Um, I think I had the perfect balance before. But prepping for a daily show, and it's so much fun. You know, before, before you know, when I had two hours a week of podcast and radio content, you know, it was really, okay, what are the, like, most favorite topics or intense topics that need to be covered? You know, you kind of had to be really careful with what I chose because I didn't have a lot of time. Now there's so much more room to discuss things that are touching um, on the hearts and minds of where people are at. When we talk about trending issues, it's not just – you know, what's happening in Hollywood. It's more so what is provoking serious thought in the hearts and minds of people today, from the gender issue to um, the state of high levels of anxiety and depression. Uh, you know, we have multiple therapists that we bring on trending, um, pe- people who are actually like sex addiction coaches and therapists who are helping to address addictive disorders that so many of us really do have need to needing that great sense of attention and love and especially a Catholic perspective. And so prepping each day, I try to see, you know, talk to people. Where are people at on the streets? Where are people at in my family? Where are people at in my friendships? Where are, you know, the hearts and minds of people, not just in terms of a news article, but what are we looking at in the world? And ultimately, what are the deepest longings of the heart that we sometimes get it wrong because we're being fed by the information of the world that does not have our Lord in mind? And so that's where I really try to kind of bring the news and trending thought together in order to hopefully bring an entertaining conversation to the forefront each day. Now, one of the things that I know is a fairly consistent theme that comes through on your program is um, how our society is recasting gender roles, how people, men and women, are expected to act spiritually, emotionally, morally. How has that been and how has that changed in your program as you move from once a week to five days a week? People are hungry to talk about gender roles. They're hungry to talk about, you know, male-female differences. And they want to know about this transgender LGBTQ issue because it's something that all of us are scratching our heads over. I mean, prior to Bruce Jenner suddenly defining himself as Caitlyn Jenner, you know, to be frank, you know, transgender characters in a movie were something that people laughed at. And now in 2021... We have people such as Abigail Schreier who are writing books talking about the transgender craze that is literally eating away our girls. I mean, girls are coming out in groups of friends as transgender. This is something that has been in development over the last couple of years. It's the new eating disorder. This isn't just suddenly people actually believing that they're transgender this is a new eating disorder. This is a new fad. This is a new means of looking for attention. Yeah, what do you mean by eating disorder? Because for the people who are, I hate to use the word woke, but on the on the side uh, that says that you can have transgendered people, people that find themselves in the wrong body, they genuinely believe this stuff to be true. Are you saying that, generally speaking, that's not true? Correct. Correct. Many. So gender dysphoria is something that people can experience at a point of time in their life. And up until more recently, even um, all therapists treated it as gender identity disorder. Now today, suddenly, we're treating it as an identity that is to be encouraged and affirmed at all costs. Now, this is sad because there are people, there was a book that came out this past year titled Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters by Abigail Schreier, as I mentioned. And here's what's just totally thought-provoking about it. This is someone who is not of a Catholic Christian worldview. This is not someone even who opposes the LGBTQ movement. She was a writer for the Wall Street Journal. And she had people writing into her about how there was this trend of young girls, whether it's high school or college-age girls, who showed no signs of gender identity disorder, 
suddenly coming out with the groups of their friends as transgender out of nowhere. And it was actually progressive pro-LGBTQ parents who were reaching out to her. And now she's all for transgenderism, but she saw that there's a trend among young girls. And I say it's the new eating disorder, Rick, because what's happened is we are seeing that people who, the in the research, young girls who were maybe the girls who didn't quite fit in, who perhaps had some body image issues, the girls who would normally be involved in, let's say, the drama club at school, um, who would otherwise kind of be the kids who are also, you know, cutting themselves. These are the girls who are suddenly identifying as transgender. Like, this is the eating disorder, the popular so thing to do this is the for new, people who don't fit in. The new outlet for whatever stress is being sublimated, is it being shoved down? It's coming out this way instead yeah. of those older ways, cutting yourself or bulimia or anorexia. Right, right. And that could wow. be part of it as well. Um, but this is a subset of girls who are struggling with anxiety and depression as well. And so this is their cry for attention unconditional love. It's not that they have a gender disorder. It's that these girls have been overly sexualized underloved and they are hungry for human connection and they're rejecting their bodies because at times they themselves feel rejected. So you're, you're not saying though that there isn't such a thing as, as gender dysphoria. What you're saying is that it's a, it was always a fairly rare phenomena and the popularity that has, that this phenomena has engendered recently. That's what you're drawing attention to. And there's something that's important with this as well, that this is being pushed by the school system. So if a 12-year-old or an 8-year-old goes to their school counselor and says, I identify as a boy, but they're really a girl, in many places, the school counselor will do nothing but affirm what the child has said, so affirm that child in a new so-called sexual identity and usher them into the LGBTQ world. But not only that, Rick, we are seeing across the nation that Planned Parenthood is actually giving out hormone replacement therapy pills, testosterone to young girls, and in fact, in the state of Oregon, to minors, if they come in and say that they identify as boys. Now, they don't require any type of clinical diagnosis, either for the minors in Oregon, nor do they for an 18, 19-year-old who just wants cross-sex hormones. Now, let me, and let so me, this let me is clar- a real problem. Let me clarify that. So in Oregon, what you're saying is that if a child goes into a Planned Parenthood clinic, do they talk to a doctor, or is this just they say, I, I need pills? I need pills, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They are able to access pills there in the state of Oregon, and I'm talking about a minor. In most states, as of right now, um, you have to be 18 years or older. But, I mean, what 18-year-old who's confused about their sexuality really knows? And here's the issue, Rick. We're talking about cross-sex hormones that have lasting impact that we don't fully know the ramifications of, but also we do know that this is causing permanent damage to the body, and some of these girls are going so far very quickly to go ahead and have the um, sex change surgery. That is damage that cannot be reversed. You can re-manipulate the body, but, I mean, talk about the reproductive tract. These girls aren't going to be able to have children one day, among many other health issues. So we're talking about huge emotional um, risk that is long-term for these children as they realize that what they've done, for those who regret, they've mutilated their body and it's it's a permanent scar. Yes, yes. They need attention. They need unconditional love. This is the cry of a generation who has not received unconditional love and who are hungry for the love of God the Father. Now, we've been talking about one very specific, significant issue. This is what Trending with Tim Reed talks about on a fairly regular basis, though, isn't it? Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. but yes, it is isn't it? <laughs> and you've been doing this for quite some time. This program that, that you've originated, and congratulations on the program, but thank you for listening to the call of God to do it, because it sounds like you have a great talent at being able to work with this material, and you're at the right time to be able to talk about this on the air 
So my original question was, how has it been to go from one day a week to five days a week? I, I take it you found that the timing has been just about perfect in doing so, other than, of course, COVID. <laughs> COVID. Yeah, it's worked out really well. You know, going five days a week has been, I think, a smooth transition considering the state of the world, working from home and having a baby. You know, we've made it work. It's been good. And, you know, working remotely, having the time to work throughout the day is very helpful with a newborn as well. I take advantage of her sleeping time. <laughs> we're we're going to come back to that in, in a moment or two. I guess what I wanted to make sure we ended up with was just to to hear just how God has worked in your life for our lives, because it sounds like right at the right moment, God placed you here at, at the studio with Relevant Radio to do your weekend show just at the right moment when all of these issues were bubbling to the surface, becoming more and more the trending topic, so that you actually named your show Trending with Timberry, and it really is so much about what God has called you to be, and that has a lot to do these days mm-hmm. with your mm-hmm. your identity, speaking of gender yeah. identity. What a fantastic calling. Thank you. I think where this all started from, these topical issues, Rick, is the fact that I grew up in the pro-life movement, and I saw in the crisis pregnancy centers and in front of that abortion clinic sidewalk counseling that these girls weren't just dealing with the issue of abortion, but with a lifetime of confusion about sexuality, of um, their bodies being taken advantage of. So the jump from working on the abortion issue, it addresses the transgender issue. I mean, these girls are so confused that they've kind of rejected their bodies. They've um, abused their bodies that this transgender issue goes side by side with abortion, contraception, all of these that they really do play a part in one another. And so that was an easy transition to talk about these issues as trending topics. Wow. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is Timory Zsa formerly Timory Millington. And when we come back, we've been talking about her highly successful program, Trending with Timory, and all of the issues with gender identification that's been tied to it. I want to talk a little more personally, especially about some of the changes that have happened to you. You're no longer Timory Millington, and you're no longer uh, not a mommy. When we come back, I want to talk all about that. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Timory Zsa who is the host of Trending with Timory, which is heard here in Southern California five days a week, Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock on Relevant Radio, the station you're listening to now. Uh, unless, of course, you're listening to this on podcast, which we also do. Trending with Timory has been a tremendous success and it has uh, expanded tremendously in your life. And then you mentioned in the very first segment that at the very same time you were saying yes to this program, God was was giving you a, an extra set of grace. The young married uh, Timory, who had been Millington, then Jaja, now is mommy. Tell us a little bit. First of all, I trust that, excuse the expression, everything has come out all right. <laughs> yes, our baby is lovely. You know, by the grace of God, my pregnancy and kind of conception story is a whole nother deal. We were struggling to conceive and long story short, truly a miracle between working with our NAPO doctors, fertility care practitioners. Uh, if you struggle with infertility or to conceive, I highly recommend it. But three weeks before we conceived our baby, I'll tell you, our priest knew that we were struggling and he gave me anointing of the sick. And three weeks later, I was pregnant. Ah. And so, <laughs> that's truly, great. I mean, truly that's one potent priest, I'll tell you. Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to. Good Catholic jokes here. Yes, but, but that is absolutely fantastic. I mean, if you think about it, the concept of conception is the idea that you have a physical, spiritual dynamic take place between two people who are ostensibly in love and committed, and what is brought forth is a miraculous embrace of each other. And 
that's what was conceived inside of you. Keeping it was another question because you had so many issues come up. You you mentioned that there was talk about it possibly being an ectopic pregnancy. That would be terrifying. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what happened. Rick, I have to tell you, I've not talked a lot about this, but it was, we found out, I think on a Wednesday night, um, the Wednesday before we launched the radio show, like officially the first show we were preparing, um, Wednesday, I wasn't feeling good. I was having a lot of pain and, um, we were supposed to be meeting with our fertility care practitioner that night and she had to reschedule and she just ended up texting me after she kind of canceled. She said, is there anything going on I should know about? And I'm so glad she asked that question because said, well, actually, I'm having pain in, you know, this area. And so she immediately calls me and she's taking it very, very seriously. And she said, have you taken a pregnancy test? I take the pregnancy test. It's positive. We're shocked. I had been at the point where I wasn't taking pregnancy tests because I, you know, sometimes when you find out like, oh, we're not pregnant again, um, I handled it really well. I knew that it was in God's timing, but I know for my husband, there was this profound sorrow that yeah. he just he wanted to have a baby it's, and i think he was starting to get more and more worried well i'm sorry but speaking for men we're project really oriented and the project is not making we're, <laughs> we're not having progress here so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um we find out we're pregnant oh wow okay and then she's asking me all these questions and within 20 minutes of finding out we're pregnant um she says listen we're gonna hang up now I'm going to call your doctor, your napro doctor. I think pretty sure you may have an ectopic pregnancy. Ooh. Now, for someone who has worked in um, the pro-life movement, yeah. teaching about abortion and the ethics around abortion, this was like the worst thing you could possibly say to me because, as we know, a baby and a mom cannot survive at this point in medical you know, history a a ectopic pregnancy because the fallopian tube, for those who don't know, will burst because the baby's stuck in the fallopian tube and that will kill both the mom and baby. And so Catholic moral teaching is you can extract the baby from the fallopian tube. The baby can't survive outside the womb at that age. And so the baby dies naturally. It is not intentionally killed. And that saves the life of the mother and baby because you cannot save either one. Um, in that ectopic pregnancy situation, right? This isn't and about so, this isn't about choosing to kill the baby. One or the other. This would right, be about right. about doing a medical procedure to save the life of the mother that inadvertently, uh, w- without intention but knowingly, is still going to endanger and the baby will die. The baby will die. Yeah, the baby will die. And so I just remember taking that deep breath and going, "Oh Lord." Okay, I know that this is not abortion. I know that this is, I know the morality of it, but good grief. Like, okay, I'm just going to pray. And I remember looking at my husband going, uh, they told us that we needed to go to the emergency room because the doctor's office wasn't open at this point, that I was scared of what pressure would occur. And so I went, you know what, we're just going to wait till tomorrow morning and we're going to go to our pro-life clinic to do the ultrasound. And I said, I trust that everything will be okay till then. Um, even though we've been recommended by, you know, our doctors to just go to the ER right away. And so we just said, you know what, we're going to wait. We're both really at peace. And we went to the next morning. The baby was so small, they couldn't confirm with the location of the baby. Oh, man. And so wow. um, it was a waiting period for the first couple weeks <sighs> since we found out we were pregnant so soon. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I knew that people had been praying so fervently for me with my autoimmune diseases and to conceive the baby and that Father had just given me anointing of the sick and that this truly was a little miracle baby, that we had so much peace, Rick, that even with this waiting period and choosing not to go to the ER that night, um, there was just an abundance of peace and I just let it rest. We didn't tell anyone we were pregnant yet because I think that the fact that we were at peace and able to not be kind of emotionally intense about it, we just needed to kind of have that calm. And long story short, the baby ended up being right where she needed to be. And although we had a lot of challenges in terms of um, my progesterone levels and my body not making enough, I was at risk of miscarriage, and then I still wasn't making enough. And they had, I think, at one point, like quadruple my progesterone intake. Wow. Um, then I was at risk for an early um, delivery as yeah. well. And I was just at peace the whole time, like, okay, Lord, we're okay. We're good through this, <laughs> and we have our perfect, wonderful little baby girl. 
Oh, wow. That is so fantastic. What a, what a great story. This has been on top of, and you mentioned it, you've had other health issues during your life, autoimmune issues, as you mentioned, and then trying to get pregnant, not being able to, to have all this happen and yet to be so at peace. What was your secret? Was it, was it just your faith itself? Was it that God had tested you enough that you developed a pattern of reaction to challenges? How did you maintain your faith? Was it St. Joseph getting involved? What happened? How did you How did you keep it together, Timory? St. Joseph was definitely a player. I mentioned that we were praying the novena about whether or not I was supposed to join Relevant Radio. And there are three prayers for Relevant Radio. Would I should I join daily? And if would it even be offered to me? Um, the two was. Um, that we could conceive a baby, and we did. We just didn't know for a couple weeks. And then the third, um, we had another intention as well. And I think because of the anointing of the sick and having conceived, and then that novena to St. Joseph, that his timing worked so miraculously in his intercession for us that we had so much peace. And I have to say, Rick, that since I could drive our Lord's place on my heart to attend daily Mass, and truly, I mean, the Eucharist, if we believe as Catholics that our Lord is present in the Eucharist and that He is the source and summit of our faith, He truly does help us through anything and everything that we could imagine. If we are truly chasing after Him, trying to live in a state of grace, going to confession regularly, that His plan, no matter how difficult it may be, or how easy it may be some days that he's in control. It's not us. And I think that that's the peace that the Eucharist brings to each of us, along with consecrating yourself to our Blessed Virgin Mary. Let me ask you a practical question then about all that. You're young. I, I don't know how else to put that, and I don't want to sound condescending with it, but you're a young woman, and yet you have a very strong faith, one that could take you through such a horrendous first pregnancy, do you think that it's because of your faith and the faith that God has given you, not giving you full credit for your faith, God's the author of your faith, I I get that, or do you think it is because of the Eucharist that has empowered your faith and the, the faithfulness that comes from going through the pious ritual of your life. I mean, we, we, there are Protestants, and I was a Protestant at one point, Protestants like to ridicule ritual, but pious ritual where we dedicate our lives to God as a way of forming spiritual habit. To which parts of that formula do you ascribe your, your faith during this time? I'm not sure if I'm answering your question completely, but I probably didn't say me, it very clearly. It, Sorry it comes, about that. It, no, no. But I think that for me, though, if if we truly believe that our Lord is present in the Eucharist and we are receiving him, whether it be Sunday, Sunday Mass, or even daily, if you can receive him daily at daily Mass, if we truly believe he is present, which he is, he transforms our life. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Creator. And, you know, you say that, like, a horrible, difficult pregnancy, I was still at peace. But here's what I will say. One piece of this whole thing, our churches were locked down within during this time. I was able to attend daily Mass but not receive the Eucharist for a long period of time at the beginning of my pregnancy. And I just, I was blessed to have the opportunity to still attend a private Mass and not like not a pat on the back to myself, but the only way you could do that is if you showed up at a church basically 45 minutes before Mass and you got locked in when they were celebrating the private Mass. Um, and I went and I knelt before our Lord and I prayed. And the source of any ministry, Rick, and I'm sure you know this working in your ministry for Orange County Catholic Radio as well, is prayer and the Eucharist yeah. are truly the source of our ministry. And we are staying in a state of grace. And when we fall, we go running to confession, ideally every two weeks to once a month. Truly, our Lord is running all of those puzzle pieces together and moving things around. And we can trust Him no matter what we face. Wow. 
And then, of course, as we had mentioned as well, we have a cheering section of saints who are there in our corner. You mentioned a very powerful one. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the role of St. Joseph in your life and how St. Joseph really is deeply involved with the issues that you tackle on trending and then what this uh, year of St. Joseph really can and should be about. We're talking with Timory Jaja, who is the host of Trending with Timory, five days a week at 4 o'clock on Relevant Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the powerful strength of St. Joseph and how that's impacted Timory and her program. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Timory Jaja. And before we go any further, I want to make sure I take a moment to thank you, Timory, for not only coming to our program today and being with us during your very, very busy week, because I know that you do five programs a week, but thank you for being so candid and honest and open with some very tender topics I mean, your show is already a, a, a very sensitive show. It deals with a lot of very difficult issues for a lot of people to talk about. And yet here you are talking about your own difficult issues, especially the vulnerability that you have been willing to reveal in working with this pregnancy and all the fears yet calm that has come and I thank you for that because I think there are people in our audience who have benefited from it. Thank you very much for coming to our program today. Thank you for having me. We were talking throughout this program about the faith that has sustained you, both in saying yes to the program that you're doing, but also in being able to sustain a yes to motherhood no matter what, even during a, a very scary set of circumstances, and a lot of that has come to you from Eucharist, but you've also mentioned our Blessed Virgin Mary Mother, Mary, and her husband, Joseph. And this, of course, is the year of St. Joseph. Joseph is easy to quote in Scripture. You can't quote him wrong because he doesn't say anything in all of Scripture, yet his actions shout very clearly a whole myriad of instructions on how to be a faithful man and husband in love with Christ and in love with your family. How has a devotion to St. Joseph affected you? Rick, I don't know if you read the book, but last year, Father Calloway came out with a book titled Consecration of St. Joseph. At the beginning of COVID, right as everything was happening, we're launching the daily radio show. And my husband and I sat down. This was our, we joked that this was our COVID hobby. We went through and read and did the Consecration of St. Joseph together during the beginning of COVID. And we consecrated ourselves on May 1st, which is the Feast of St. Joseph the yeah. Worker. yeah. I knew about St. Joseph. I've always loved St. Joseph. My brother's born on his feast day, so there's a special um, <laughs> devotion in our family to him. Yeah. Um, but I did not know St. Joseph the way I have grown to know and love him in the last year since that consecration. He is such a powerhouse of strength and masculinity. And our conception of him in our minds um, has really been tainted by art and an attempt to make him sound like an older man because we wanted to preserve the idea of Our Lady's um, chastity and purity when he wasn't. And so I think that he is, this is his year and his time in the midst of this confusion about maleness and femaleness. Now, what do you mean by this con this desire to preserve his chastity by making him old? Is there an implication oh. in there that it's just simply easier for older people to remain chaste? No. So the idea was is that at some point in Catholic art, we started um, making St. Joseph look like an older man. And so what happened is it, people started to think that St. Joseph must have been much, much older than the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that's why he was 
um, chaste, or sorry, why she was a pure, she, she, they didn't have any relations. And you make the comment, you know, did that make it easier for him? Isn't that funny that we kind of think, oh, because he was older, it wasn't difficult for him to respect our lady and keep his distance from her. And that's, that's, I don't think, easier for many men in older age and to kind of just be honest. <laughs> like, we're getting into the weeds here. But the problem was is that we made St. Joseph seem like this older, inaccessible man when in reality Father Calloway brings to life and makes a lot of very good biblical proofs and others for why St. Joseph was a younger and robust man who was able to physically and spiritually protect Our Lady and that's incredibly attractive for young men, for men in general, and I think for women as well who would like to consecrate themselves to his intercession before the heavenly throne of God our Father. I think one of the issues came from a confusion as to whether or not Jesus had blood brothers, uterine brothers, or if they were yes. if they were inherited, so to speak, as stepbrothers from Joseph. And therefore, Joseph may have been older because this was a second marriage. And the reality is, no, we can show three of the four brothers were not of Mary. And the fourth one, just we don't have any evidence one way or the other. So there's no reason to believe that Joseph had been married before. Is is that correct? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. So that would have meant that... that one neat example of why we believe that St. Joseph was a younger man, and it's something that Mother Angelica said uh, from EWTN years ago. She said, old men don't travel to Egypt. No. <laughs> and that what she means by that is that when Our Lady was pregnant, yeah. or sorry, when Our Lady had just had the baby, um, St. Joseph would have needed to be a young, robust man to be able to protect Our Lady on a very dangerous trip and robbers and so forth going to Egypt fleeing from their homes with a newborn. Yeah, he would have been traveling about 100 miles by foot through the deserts and going to a strange land that, to the best of our knowledge, he didn't have relatives in. Uh, we have no reason to believe that they did. There's no way right. you would do that if you were not physically up to the task. And being an older man myself, I can tell you that it's a lot harder being physically up to the task. So, yeah, there's no reason to not believe he was a a young man. So from that perspective, the silent man is also probably a young, robust man, and yet he doesn't say anything, but nevertheless, he acts with integrity at every step of the way. How did that impact you and your husband? Oh, St. Joseph's humility and, you know, even, you know, the fact that he was going to put, originally put away Our Lady quietly, and then the angel Gabriel appears to him in the dream as we read um, in Matthew, he was obedient to this divine intervention in his life, and he took Our Lady and he cared for her. We see his actions, we never hear his words, and he chooses to serve God and the plan that God had in his life, even when it was difficult and even when he didn't fully understand what was happening, he said yes. And I know for my husband Gabriel and I, this is very significant when we think about what Satan did. Satan chose that he would not serve God. He denied the incarnation of Christ. He couldn't he did not like that our Lord Jesus Christ was going to become human. This was one of the big issues for Satan. And so for St. Joseph to so humbly choose to serve, for St. Joseph to accept the incarnation and the impact it would have on his life when he didn't fully understand everything, we see this profound sense of humility that is so contrary to the fall of Adam and Eve, that is so contrary to the fall of Satan and a third of the angels that he took with him, that we see this incredible model of humility that is so necessary for all of us, especially in an age of social media and, you know, the work environment that we're in. We always have to be right and in control. That dose of humility and that example is so important. Well, and I think this is one of the reasons why St. Joseph was chosen for this time by our Holy Father, uh, St. Joseph, quietly but firmly, illustrates what Adam was called to be, a faithful husband and uh, bearer of life, protector of life, provider for life. 
And it is something that our society needs to be reminded of, I think, in very powerful ways. And I think that's one of the things that you do on your show, Trending with Timory, and this is one of the reasons why I suspect that God has called you at this time to be doing the show you're doing. And I I believe that God is blessing you in it. I hope that he continues to bless you in it. And I trust that Joseph will continue to be praying for you before his foster son. Wow. Timory, we have had an hour go by already, and I want to thank you again so very, very much for coming to our show and, and being candid and open about so many different things from accepting in this whole, the tremendous impact of this last year in your life of not only transitioning from one day to five days on the air, but also becoming a, a mother under tremendously trying circumstances. And we didn't even talk about the issues surrounding COVID really, other than in passing. This has been, I think, a great show for people to to tune into and, and just hear one person's story, and I thank you very much for sharing it with us. Timory, would you be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer for all those who are listening and contemplating what it means to faithfully follow what God has called them in their lives to do? Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, we abandon ourselves to your will and the plan you have for us. We ask you to help us to be open to life, whatever that may look like in our lives. And we turn to the intercession of St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, and Our Lady of Hope, asking them to intercede before the heavenly throne, before their Son, before God our Father, that we might grow in virtue and in hope and trust in the plan that our Lord has for us. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today has been Timory Zsa who is the host of Trending with Timory. You can hear Trending with Timory at 4 o'clock on Relevant Radio here in Southern California, five days a week. And you can also hear this program again if you would like to tell someone about its podcast. We are at OC Catholic. Dot com, And if you go to OCCatholic.com, go to the radio tab, push on it, and you can go down. And not only will you see old shows of Trending with Timory, which used to be here with us, but you will also see Orange County Catholic Radio. And there you will be able to download this podcast or send it to a friend. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And on behalf of everyone at Orange County Catholic Radio, thank you for listening. And we will see you again next week. <laughs>